no, I can handle it. I'm like, water's not going to do anything. Trust your intuition. Yeah. <laughs> no. Do you think you might need water later say, down the road? I'm not sure if it's my intuition telling me that or if it's my mouth saying, you feel dry right now. Maybe it's my mouth. I will. I'll get my water. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. This week, I have a very special guest, Lindsay Vraff. She is a yoga instructor and a horse trainer, helping humans and horses discover bliss and balance through yoga in harmony and the flow of daily life. Lindsay is also just a really radical girl, just basically a sunshine of light and a really good friend of mine. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> Hi. Um, <coughs> oh, sorry, maybe I should. I'm glad I got the water. This will help. Um, <laughs> Actually, that's a perfect segue because the first thing I really want to talk to you about is intuition. Okay. Um, because we were talking about topics. Well, you came up actually with some brilliant topics. And when you said uh, the intuition to find your herd, I was so intrigued. Um, because intuition for me has been a really big theme for a really long time. And I think recently, like diving back into making sure on every little decision, even like what I eat. I'm yeah. like trying to tap into that and build that muscle. So I would love, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on finding your herd with intuition and what that means. Okay. Yeah. Thank you first for having me. This is really, really cool to be part of um, what you're creating. And I'm really honored to like have an opportunity to sit here and, and chat. Um, so I think intuition like finding your herd through following your intuition comes from a place for me of having experienced that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, I guess maybe I'll start with my first horse and how she came into my life because that really was like all about following my intuition. Um, I was 17 and I was working with horses off the track and I was like, you know, I really should put myself out there more. And I was also kind of like in a place where I really wanted to like find my first horse, yeah. you know, I was ready. And so I started kind of like searching locally for like different jobs to, to work with horses. And then one day I was like, you know what, just put yourself out on Craigslist, just do it. Like, what do you have to lose? And so I did it. I put myself up and I put what I had to offer that I worked with horses off the track and this lady contacted me. And it ended up being Amira's owner and make a long story short, but basically through meeting her, I ended up working with her horse and helping her with her horse off the track. And I ended up falling in love. Like me and this horse just completely bonded on such a special level that it was one of those really weird situations because you're like I love this horse but it belongs to someone else yeah you know oh, yeah. and so it was like ah oh. but I really enjoyed the time that I had with her and then one day like six months into training the lady calls me and she's like hey I have some unfortunate news I'm getting a divorce and I have to sell my horse do you know anyone who might want her oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and I was like uh because she didn't really know like how much I loved her horse and um and I was like uh me I 1000% like I've been actually like wishing that your horse could be my horse and so anyways <laughs> it all just it all just worked out and I think that um 
that was like my first intuitive, maybe, no, maybe not the first intuitive experience with horses, but like the first moment for me where I like really went with my gut and I didn't know that, you know, it was going to turn into me getting this horse, but I just like followed my gut. And then like naturally the universe just kind of like led me to what I was manifesting. Oh, I love that. And I feel like that is such the way too, that when you, when you follow your intuition, things line up the way that yeah, they're totally meant to. And definitely I've noticed that like for every horse, I've never gone like quote unquote horse shopping ever. And I have five horses, <laughs> um, but I found them all through just really aligned events and intuition. And when I think of like the biggest intuition I've ever had was actually finding L because I just had such a strong feeling that a baby was going to show up in my life. And Aww. Oh, it was like the most exciting <laughs> thing. And I, that, I guess I did kind of look around at that point. That was the only time because I had this feeling. I woke up like there's a baby and she's coming and do I need to go look for her? And I kind of searched around on, uh, online and I saw like two foals and nothing was really like feeling quite right. They were lovely, but nothing was, it wasn't her. Yeah. And then I found out that the guy who owned India had bred her and that she was pregnant. And India was here at the ranch and I'd always loved her a lot, but always kind of like kept my distance because she wasn't my horse and I just didn't. I didn't know her that well, but as soon as I found out that she was pregnant, I knew that her owner really wanted a colt and he was going to sell the baby if it was a filly. And I was like, this is the baby. Like, I just know that this is the baby. And I stopped my search, stopped looking and had this really sure feeling that it was going to be a girl and it was going to be my baby. And, um, you know, however many months later, <laughs> then she was born into my arms. And oh, I just knew immediately that that gosh. was her. Before she even got here. Before she even got here. I, yeah. Like, I so felt like she was, she was coming into my life. It's like that one song. I knew I loved you before I met you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It, it's crazy how I feel like all of my horses in very different ways have shown up that way. Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes I'm not sure with manifestation in general if it's so much that I want something and I'm pushing to get it or yeah. like wanting to get it or yeah. if I just know something's coming Yeah, and I'm preparing, preparing. for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I think I totally agree with you, Mosey. I think that sometimes like when we are thinking about something so much, right? Like obviously the power of thought. There's so many cultures all over the world that believe the mind, of course, is such a powerful thing. And and the power of thought and how that can truly transform your your experience and your destiny and, and lead you to different things. And so if you have something in your head all the time, that's all you can think about. I do believe that like there's a little bit of you know, you kind of like maybe subconsciously and inadvertently are like doing things to kind of steer yourself in that direction. Yeah. I mean, I think the power of thought and the power of, of our intention too, Mm -hmm. I feel like it can definitely bring things into our life and also just changes immediately how we're perceiving our own life. You know, if we have a belief system that says a certain thing, we're going to find things that prove that all the time versus if we switch our thought to perhaps something more positive, I feel like then we are finding that in life. And the more we find it, the more it comes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I feel like 
I feel like ever since yoga has come into my life, like yoga and meditation and just um, consciously slowing the body down and slowing the mind down and really becoming clear with my purpose and clear with my intent, it does seem like the path kind of opens up. It doesn't mean it's easy, but at least in my mind, if I know what my what my purpose is and what my intent is behind the things that I'm doing, it does make it easier to attain goals. Yeah. And to stay focused on my goals and to know that like, okay, you know, and, and, and that's the thing too. I think like don't get hung up when when things don't go the right way. But just keep that like intention there. Because that's gonna yeah. happen all the time. But if you keep that intention deep inside you and you just know like, okay, this is what this is what I want. Then like you can kind of overcome those little, I don't know, little stumbling hurdles. blocks. Yeah. Because I guess it's also like, uh, I've heard this, you know, the letting go of the process, like knowing what you want, but doesn't mean we know how we're going to get there. Yeah. So agreed. However, be open. Be open. Yeah. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love that with yoga and I'm really excited to talk with you about yoga, but first I feel like you just found a member of your herd (laughs) through intuition and that was kind of an amazing story and I would love to talk about how you found Sonova. Yay! Oh, I'm so excited to share this story, Mosey, because, well, you already know it, Um, but I'm really excited to talk about it again because she's my baby and we love talking about our children, Um, but it, it is truly a story that is that was stemmed from and birthed from intuition and just following that. So, um, so, okay. So I was looking for a new horse. So I have a senior horse, Amira, who's the first horse I was talking about and sharing with you guys. Um, she is 25 years old now and I can still ride her, but you know, our, our time together is very much like we've really slowed down the last three years and I really want to, give her the opportunity to have just a nice, slow, easy life, you know, with her, with the end of her life. That's really important to me. And so with that, um, I really wanted to get a younger horse, a a younger little project. I'm ready for a new adventure and I need a younger member of my herd to come in. And so I had kind of like set my sights on um, trying to find myself a young horse. And I had no idea what breed I wanted. I had no idea where it was going to come from, but I knew two things. I knew that I wanted to do, to be young enough for me to do the training. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, <laughs> I would never buy a horse picked off color, but I really wanted a Palomino. <laughs> to match you. In yeah. Case, and you guys should look at in Lindsay's Instagram, but she is like a golden goddess. <laughs> Everything about you is just gold and sunny and and Sonova also match. You guys match Thank real you. beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like we do too. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of like had, as we were talking about, manifested, if you will, like planted the seed of like envisioning, you know, where, I don't know, like I'm such a dreamer. And so I'm like, oh, I'd love to have a Palomino someday. And I've thought that for, gosh, like the last 10 or 15 years. I just love Palominos. And anyway, so um, I, I go look at a couple horses and Mosey, you joined me on a couple of those journeys. Thank you for being there as, as guidance and support. And those didn't work out. And you had a great suggestion, Mosey, about taking a look at auction sites in California. And I love that idea. I'm deaf. I was definitely open to rescuing definitely open to like any horse that's sound and not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, um, I think you and I had went and looked at a horse and it didn't work out and I was really bummed 
And then I went home that night and I was on my computer and I was just researching California auction sites. And then you know how it is when you're on the internet. Like one thing leads you from here to there. And like before you know it, you're like halfway across the world. And um, anyway, so I, I come across a, a Facebook account that is for a kill pen in Texas. And on this account, they have all these photos of horses with their kill date. So basically, if the horses aren't um, rescued or saved by their kill date, they're sent to slaughter. And so I did a little bit of research on this particular place before I dove in deeper and everything looked legit to me. And so I'm like scrolling through and I'm seeing lots of horses, nothing really that's like catching my eye or that seems like a good fit for me. Like a lot of them are older, a lot of them were little, lots of little mini ponies and all of a sudden, this little Palomino baby comes across the screen. And literally, Mosey, it was so crazy. It was like one of those moments where I saw her photo and I was like, oh my God, this is my horse. This is my horse. Like, I, like oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I looked at the clock and, and it was 11 o'clock. And then, so this was February 13th. Her kill date was February 14th, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. at midnight. At midnight, At midnight. Yeah. So if she wasn't saved by midnight... An hour. And one hour. I had one hour to make this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, then she was going... She was scheduled to go off to slaughter the next day. And so I grab my laptop and I go to my husband who's in bed sleeping and I crawl in bed next to him with my laptop and I'm like, babe... Um, I'm about to do something really crazy, I think. And he's like, well, what does that crazy involve? (laughs) And I said, "Um, I think I found my horse. She's the age I want. She's So the ad said that she was between two and a half and three. uh, Purebred quarter horse. She didn't have, obviously, it's not coming with papers, but she's purebred. Um, And from what I could tell in the photo, she looked like she had got confirmation. And so I was like, I feel like this is my horse, babe. I feel like this is it. And he's like, well, he's like, listen, he's like, if it feels right, I I think you should go for it. Oh, uh, what a good man. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I was not expecting him to have that kind of response. Um, but when he did, I was like, okay, it feels right to me. feels right to hubby, who really knows nothing about horses. Um, I was like, okay, <laughs> I think I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And I'm just going to, you know, push the button. I'm going to save her. And you know what? If I get her and there's something wrong with her or there's an issue or, you know, whatever happens. Um, I can always figure out a place for her once I have her and I can at least like rehome this little filly and save her yeah. and save her. Yeah. And so, and so I did it and, and it was such a wild experience. Oh my gosh. Like, so when I officially hit submit, it was like 1145 and I had like all this adrenaline like going oh my through my body yeah. and, and like, I was just so nervous that like it wasn't real because I don't know. I just can't, I can't even explain it. Like literally I just saw her photos and the little tiny little bit of information they had about her. And I was like, that's my horse. That is 1000% my horse. When you know, you know, when you know, you know, yeah. (laughs) Even, even through the internet, you can make an amazing connection. It's pretty cool. So yeah. So, so then, um, the following day, well, actually what happened after that was like, 
I was so scared that because it was so close to the deadline. 15 minutes. Yes. I was so nervous that they were like going to cut it off earlier, that they weren't going to look and like maybe they weren't going to see that I had saved her in time and yeah. whatever. So it was through Facebook. And so I went on Facebook Messenger and I like messaged the company and I was like, hey, I just want to make sure you guys saw that I saved this little filly and like, please like message me back as soon as you can, letting me know that she's good and she's safe and she's mine. And like literally like 15 minutes later, the guy messaged me back and, you know, Texas is like you know, three hours ahead or something. Yeah. And, um, the guy messaged me back and he was like, you saved her. She's yours. And I'm like, Oh, oh that's so amazing. And you saved her all the way from Texas. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. fantastic. And then <laughs> that in of itself is like a whole different topic, like rescuing a horse. So I'm in California and Mosey and I are in California, but like rescuing a horse all the way in Texas. Um, I didn't fly to go get her. You know, when I rescued her, I, like, worked with an organization who is supposed to quarantine them. And, like, that whole journey is a whole other podcast, I feel like, to just to yeah. make people aware of what can happen. Um, that would be a good one because you run into some – you yeah. have to kind of know your way around. You definitely have to know your way around. And I thought it was really unfortunate how easily, if you're not a horse person and you're not aware of the things to look for, how easily some people could definitely – be taken advantage of and it's Mm -hmm. like sad because people are just trying to do the right thing by rescuing a horse and they get trapped in all these other awful things but long story short um it was a really interesting journey and Sonova arrived to me on March 1st so I rescued her February 13th she arrived to me March 1st which is so fast um and she arrived to me really 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 sick with strangles and we put her in quarantine and she was in quarantine for two and a half months and oh my gosh like now I can't even like if you guys go to my Instagram account you'll see photos of like before and after she doesn't even look like the same animal she has transformed (laughs) like honestly it's kind of insane because you see like amazing transformational things with like the weight gain and the looking healthier but she changed color yeah She, (laughs) she did she looks now she looks like the sun and she's like a golden dappled palomino that obviously like has a lot of fight in her too like a lot of spunk she's a little gangster (laughs) (laughs) i think those kill pens made her a little like uh tough you know i think they definitely toughened her up but um but she's so so sweet and she has like that typical really just like deep down in her heart um, when I first got her, she was really scared of people. Like every time I would come into her stall, she would just like not want to be anywhere near me. She would want to turn away from me. She did not want to engage whatsoever. And so I just actually yoga is, is truly what helped yoga and like a history of horse training are truly the two things that like helped me help her feel comfortable around me and just like taking things really, really slow and like here we are five months later together and like and like every time she sees me she like runs to the gate and I can't go anywhere without her following me Aww. like when I go out into pasture now so I have um Sonova and Amira and pasture with other couple of their horses now and like every time I go out there like anywhere I go she like has to be by me which sucks for Amira because they don't get along yeah that's the only <laughs> thing. I, well I should say they don't get along yet I'm hopeful that maybe that after yeah. like sometime they I will. mean they're in together. That's a big step, the fact that they're in the same pasture cuz I have some horses here that like can't even come close to putting them near the same pasture. I mean, and probably with the right oh, with some right like uh, 
I don't know. Some of them are just not, not friends. <laughs> They're um, not a good match. Not a good match, maybe. Yeah. Like, I'm, because, you know, I like the idea that we can set them up so much better in order to, like, make more herds and, like, bring them together because horses are meant to be yeah. together. But, yeah. but some horses have grown up in certain herds and yeah. not as social yeah. because of how we've raised them. And, yeah, anyway. I totally There's, agree with you. And it's actually been really interesting to see a herd integration with my own horses. Yeah. Like this is the first time as an adult that I have had my own two horse. Cause you know, two is now a herd. Um, there's two yeah. other horses in the herd now, but for the most part, Sonova's the baby. Like the rest yeah. of the herd members are like 15 to 25. So it's more of an older group. Yeah. They like to hang, <laughs> you know, they definitely are a little more low key and, um, and Sonova's low key for the most part, but Sonova's definitely because she was, um, she was severely malnourished and starved before I got her. So she's extremely food aggressive, not aggressive, but like she's going to make sure she eats before everyone else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like you said, like with the kill pens and being in that mm-hmm. environment, um, gotta be kind of tough. To yeah. get what you need. Yeah. And she probably, she, I'm probably sure helped had, her. Yeah. I'm sure she had to go into survival mode probably a couple times through her life before she got to me. And like, yeah. So anyways, it's, it's really interesting to see her dynamic. And I really hope I have the opportunity soon, like in the near future, to separate them. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. like my situation right now to like make it all happen. Um, but I would love to have the opportunity to like put Amira with a pasture of like older horses and then put Sonova in a pasture with like younger horses who are a little bit more playful and like a little bit more like, you know, they can pick on each other, but they don't really care. And they're just kind of like figuring out the pecking order still instead of like inserting Sonova into this, like, you know, Amira was definitely heard mayor before Sonova got there. And now now Sonova's like pushing the uh older. I know. And it breaks my heart because you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I can't even like be with them. Anyways. Yeah. Oh no. I, yeah. You get get it. And (laughs) poor Amira. She's like, we had it so well figured out. (laughs) No, it'll be good. Hopefully like you'll be moving. Hopefully hopefully soon. Um, yeah, isn't it crazy, like, that you were able to feel that connection instantly, even online? And yeah. I totally don't doubt that, because yeah. I think, for me, every time I've really connected with a horse, it's always about that, like, personality. Like, I have, in the same way, like, I love certain colors and certain yeah, breeds, yeah. and I have fallen in love with a lot of horses that kind of fit my dreaminess, you know, that. but I feel that is actually a little bit more that... I've been, there are certain horses that I really feel were meant to come into my life yes. and I'm attracted to horses that are like that. Yes, you know? totally. And it's so funny you say that, Mosey, because when I, when I saw her on the internet, I was like, Lindsay, this is insane. Like, you don't know anything about her personality. You don't know if she's sweet. You don't know if she's mean. You don't know if she's like more introverted or extroverted. Like, you know, absolutely nothing about her. And then there was just like something inside me that was just like, but this feels like, exactly what you wanted like you wanted a little bit of a project and you know she's younger and like everything just kind of like added up yeah but like I think it was like a vibrational thing too like feeling yeah it was just like that intuition that gut feeling and I really really was like having to trust it and it's so funny because um so the next day after I after I saved her online I called my mom and dad to tell them what I had done and um and they were so excited and so happy for me and I think for like every single day up until Sonova arrived to me, my mom would say, so have you regretted your decision yet? 
And I, and I would say, no, like quite the opposite. I'm like, actually, mom, I feel like it was 1000% the right thing to do. Like, yeah. I just like have this gut feeling that she's my horse. And like, now that I have her and now that I've been working with her and we've been bonding, like there is no question in the entire universe that like we were 1000% meant to meet each other and I was supposed to save her and she's going to take me on such an amazing adventure. I mean, I think what's really interesting is like, like what you were saying, you know, picking a horse based off of personality is like, you know, when you've been with one, so I've been with Amira for 18 years and with your, when you're with one horse for that long, it's a relationship, you're partners and you're so tuned into each other and you're so dialed into each other that it's like, I don't know about anybody else out there, but for me at least, it's almost like a telepathic relationship. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm with Amira, I just think something and, and we flow and when you get a new horse, that relationship and that um, communication hasn't been established. And so it's been a really humbling experience to have a horse like Sonova come into my life and be like re kind of presenting these new teachings to me and these new challenges. Yeah. And like, I think I told you, Mosey, you know, when you asked me like what her personality was like, is like, you know, Amira, I can just ask her to do something. And Amira's like a yes horse. She's like, okay, yeah, cool, whatever. Let's do it. Let's go. And Sonova is like, well, why should I? And that's a whole (laughs) other, like, that really makes me as a trainer have to think, like, okay, like, how am I going to get around this without force? How am I going to get around this and, like, help her understand it and help her make sense, but also, like, make sure that our communication is clear. And so it's been really beautiful actually having, like, the the difference between working with Amir and having everything so, like, easy, truly, and then working with Sonova and, like, you know, feeling it. Yeah, it... And that's where I feel like my biggest advice when people are looking for a new horse or looking for their horse partner is to go with their intuition and what they feel and what that like that deep connection Mm -hmm. is. And that horse might be different than what we think our ideal horse is. You know, Mm -hmm. if we want something that is like we know, like very easy or very, you know, like says want is down for everything. Um you know, I feel like Sonova comes into your life as here are the new things for you to learn. This yeah. is exactly what you need. Yes. And it's, and I feel like you, of course, like know that and take that on and you're like, this is, this is what was meant to be. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, I mean, absolutely. I think anybody could have gotten this horse and like felt the complete opposite that I do. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? About perception. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I think like I was like that mother who was ready to adopt and like, it didn't matter what child ended up in my hands. I was going to love it no matter what. Um, but now that I have her and now that like we're working together, it's like been, I feel like it's truly been a blessing like for her and for me. Yeah. You know? Uh, yes. And I love, I, I really feel like intuition, whether it's like getting your horse or, knowing what to do like you know if Sonova's different and yeah, you're having to rely on your definitely. intuition so much yeah how to train. that that definitely you bring up yeah circling back around to intuition 100 percent. like so I was just saying like when I first got her um any kind of motion with your arms whatsoever would send her into like a severe like she would she would get really high with her head and her body and her chest and she would just like immediately just try and escape the situation just like I want out of here And so I was like, God, like I've never experienced that with a horse that's like scared of me before. Like I've worked with a lot of different horses, but I've actually never worked with one that was like scared of people. And so um, I was like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do this? 
And so I literally did a meditation at the ranch with Sonova before I went and visited her, like right outside her stall. And I just closed my eyes and I did some breathing and I did some meditation on like trying to find the answers and trusting that the answers were going to come to me. And I was like, you know what? So when I was in yoga training, I learned what's called a mudra vinyasa, where you inhale and you bring your arms up in front of your body on the inhale. And then when your arms reach all the way up, then you exhale and you bring your hands down in front of the body. And this is called the Bhumi uh, mudra vinyasa. And this is a grounding mudra vinyasa. And this is a mudra vinyasa that you would do to like ground your energy down into the earth and just like become really calm and quiet and peaceful. And so I was recalling that in my from my trainings and I was like you know what everything is energy everything is vibration and she is taking my energy right now as a threat so I'm just gonna slowly start desensitizing her with like yoga movements and so I would go into her stall (laughs) and I would just like stand in the corner I would I wasn't like trying to invade her space I'd like stand in the corner and I would just like start moving really really slowly And at first she like looked at me like, what is going on? Um, But then the horse took over and horses are naturally very curious creatures. They are. And she was like, this human's moving, but she's not moving towards me. (laughs) And she's not trying to come into my space. And so what ended up happening was actually like she became curious about me. Oh, I love it. And like (laughs) wanted to come check me out. And like, I'll never forget the first time that like she on her own decided to come investigate me and sniff me. And like, it was really, really special. But then like something clicked and I was like, oh my God, Lindsay, you're onto something. Like all your history with yoga and all your history with training horses are like all of a sudden coming together in this perfect culmination with this like, you know, fearful of humans horse that you just got that you didn't really like expect to get and you didn't think her personality would be like this. But like now all of a sudden, all these things that I have learned through the years are like presenting themselves like, here you go. Just follow, just like merge these two things and you're going to find the way. And I love that because I feel that if you hadn't like followed the intuition in that moment Mm -hmm. of that, I'm going to start like doing these movements in the corner, which, you know, like a logical side of your brain maybe would have thought about that. But also I'm sure you never like learned a horsemanship where it was like, just start doing yoga (laughs) mudras in the corner of their stall, you know, like, yeah. And you had to like follow and trust something in you. And definitely. And, you know, I think that is one of the biggest keys to really amazing horsemanship because every horse is different. There's never going to be one thing that works for every single horse. So what are you going to rely on to to figure that out. And for me, I found that intuition is usually by far my greatest helper there. Yeah. And also when I don't follow my intuition tends to be when I do things. Oh my gosh. The worst. So, (laughs) so I was actually trail riding with a girlfriend, um, and she's much older than me and I love her so much. Her name's Leanna and we've gone on such incredible riding adventures, trail adventures together all over, um, but her and I, when we used to ride together, she moved now, but, um, we used to always talk about intuition together and we would ride and like things would happen so frequently where she would be like, I should bring that lead rope with me on the trail. No, I'm not going to. And then like later down the trail, like we'd be on the, on the trail ride and something would happen and she'd need her lead rope and she'd be like, God damn it. I should have listened to my intuition. Oh, yes. It happens yeah. all the time. All the time. That is that is like the number one thing where anytime I've 
recently like fallen off or something has happened, I've usually almost uh, ha- always had a thought of, I shouldn't get on right now <laughs> or, or, you know, or I should bring yeah. the lead rope or something like that. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing about intuition that like I'm, especially now trying to like really embrace is that a lot of times it's not always the most logical or reasonable thing. So you think, why would I need the lead rope on this trail? We're going to do, I'm not going to need it. You had the impulse to bring it, right? but then you logically thought, nah, like there's not going to be a need. And yeah, that, um, I think applying that and working that muscle in every aspect of life really helps for these bigger moments. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's a really great way to put it. And you know, it's not always easy to know when to trust intuition or to like know what it feels like. Um, but I think one of the things that has helped me like get in touch with my intuition has been meditation, has been yoga. Um, and it's also been trust. Like trust has been a really big piece of that, right? Because like you were just saying, you could like think it and like the logical side takes over and it's so easy for that to happen. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, just, I would say like, if somebody is struggling with that, like just trust, just trust in it. Um, If it's a life or death situation, then don't take that advice. I don't know what to tell you. But, but, you know, um, I think like if it feels right, go for it. And I don't know. Also too, like, I, I feel like I was really fortunate to be raised with, um, like a family that was very much like, like my dad all used to always say, like, if you want something, ask for it. The yes. worst someone can say is no. And, and honestly, that's kind of how I became friends with you yeah. was I had an intuitive feeling that we were very much on the same path and on the same journey and that like, we would be very aligned on certain things and my intuition was like, Lindsay, you really need to find a way to make a connection with this girl and not just like liking all her Instagram photos and all her content, but like actually making a connection and like starting a conversation. And I'll never forget like, like, okay, what am I going to say? She's going to think I'm a weirdo for reaching out. Like, I'm, but you know what? I'm just, I'm going to go for it because my intuition is telling me that like magic could be made. Like if, if we could like get together and have a conversation. And so I did, like, I, I trusted it. I leaned into it. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like a fearless thing. It was definitely like kind of nerve wracking, but I did it. I went for it. I leaned into it. And like, what happened? I'll let you tell the rest of the story. Oh my God. I, I actually <laughs> didn't know all of this. This is like, this is so cool. I, um, how I remember it is I got, sorry, phones. Um, I got a, an email from you um, about Goddess on Horseback, yeah. which is your amazing creative project, baby, that I'm so excited about. Um, and this was a while ago. This was like three, I'm four like, years ago? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you reached out to me, and I think we were talking about um, something that you wanted to do. Sorry, I don't remember the details. No, I just remember the okay. um, this email that was like – I read it and I immediately like went around showing all my friends because I was Aww. like, look at this person. And, and she's like actually in our area. Yeah. And that I couldn't believe. Like, yeah. what were you asking me in the email? So I, I, the... I, I had reached out to you because so, so gosh, five years ago I had an idea to, I don't even know if I should go into the whole backstory, but basically five years ago I had an idea to create an experience for women 
um, to experience the healing nature of horses with like a moon night kind of idea. Yeah. And, and like I wanted to find a way. So horses had been such a healing thing throughout my entire life. And like I'm just one of those people. Like when I love something, I want to share it with everyone I know. And so anyways, five years ago, I had this idea to create like an experience for women to help women connect with themselves through horses, in the presence of horses. Obviously, you know, horses are so healing. And um, I saw what you were doing with Annie and just your whole vibe was really speaking to me and you were in the area. And I was like, dude, I want to do this. And I feel like we would have an amazing synergy together. And yeah, that's why, I, that's, so that's what I... Yes, yeah. I... Because uh, what I really remember is... Um, I don't think you knew I was in the area you yet. You just asked if I happened to be in a certain place. And I was like... Yeah, I actually am. <laughs> and everything you wrote was so, I also felt so aligned with it that I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this is insane. And I went to my friend Claire, <laughs> who now is our, now like you guys are we're such close friends too. We're a herd. Um, yeah, how you find your herd, right? Um, and I was like, Claire, like you have to read this email. I don't know, like, like you didn't know about Claire at the time. And I was Mm-mm. like, I don't know why, but you have to read this because I feel like you're going to do something with us on this. And Claire was the first person I showed actually. And, and she was like, oh, cool. And yeah, we should all meet up and we all, and then we all met. And then like immediately, like, here we are. We found our herd. Like, 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 it's so funny because I'll never forget. Like, I was so excited to meet you and I was so excited to meet Claire when she told me she was going to be there. And like, I'll never forget, like going from getting the guts to like reach out to someone and put it out there, like be vulnerable and put it out there and just trust that like, it was like, there was going to be a purpose to this all. And then like meeting you guys and like, just like the awesome connection that we all had right away. It was just like, I literally left that first time meeting you guys. Like I found my herd. Like, oh my gosh, I totally found my herd. Like these are my people. They're speaking my language. We're all on the same page. We get it. Um, there's something really special, like really special friendships that are going to develop here. And that's what's happened. So. And it's so true. And I love what you said too about like actually asking for what you want. I was just talking with mm-hmm. one of my really, another really good friend of ours about that, about like feeling okay in yourself to ask for something. Because yeah. I think so often, like even on small things, this is, my friend was bringing it up and, um, and she was talking about like, let's say you go over to someone's house and they ask you if you want something to drink. And I think sometimes as people and also as women, it can be our first instinct to be like, no, I'm fine. You know, even if we're thirsty, mm-hmm. like we, like for me, I noticed yeah. I wasn't even checking in with myself first to see like, do I want water? It would just be like, <laughs> no, I'm okay. You know? Yeah, and yeah. then just kind of like auto- automatic, automatic. Response, yeah. yeah. Like not wanting to burden someone, not wanting to like, mm-hmm. you know, add to their list or something. Right, right. And as soon as that was kind of pointed out to me, I was like, first of all, became way more aware of my needs of what I actually wanted. Yeah. I actually asked myself if I was thirsty and then, you know, would have been working to feel a lot more comfortable actually asking for what I want or if I want water and it hasn't been offered, you know, ask yeah. for it and not feel weird about it. And that's such a small example, but I think it's, I think it's, the reality of a lot of people yeah and on bigger things you know and and this is just sending an email like yeah. all you did was yeah, like send all an, I did email. Was send an email <laughs> and if you know let's say I had been for some crazy reason like weirded out by it you know 
oh well oh well you know it would have been an email exactly exactly definitely and I think like circling back around like mostly I think you're totally a thousand percent right I think that unfortunately women have been conditioned in a way in our society to not ask for the things that we want and I'm noticing a shift right now in 2018 that like there is a definite shift happening ladies and if you don't feel it we need to help you find your herd because like I just know that um like the veils are like lifting it feels like it feels like veils are lifting and that's what makes me really excited about goddess on horseback and about like creating experiences for women is because like part of the reason like I have to segue because this is important to the story but like part of the reason that I had the guts to even like send that email to you was because I had done like a female dance course that was like all about female embodiment and like really like trusting the universe and like really tapping into the body and the mind and like just um, on a spiritual level and a physical level and anyways like that whole journey for me kind of like way opened me up like before I probably would have been like "Uh, uh, I should ask but I'm not going to I'm just not going to push send you know yeah but it was because like I had gone through a journey with all these women through these cores honestly that I like feel like it really helped me blossom as a woman and like listen to that intuition and then have the trust to like follow through with it so I would say like to anyone out there who maybe is like feeling like they don't know what their intuition is or they're still trying to find it like I would honestly recommend like trying to download a free meditation, try and download a free yoga class, like just ways that you can tap into yourself first and then like see if you can expand that out into like maybe once you feel comfortable, like going to a yoga class in your community and like trying to make a connection mm-hmm. with someone who's like on your same vibe or like if you want to, if it's something that you like want to go do, kind of like just be brave and like do it. Just go for it. Yeah. And it's so hard, but also the more practice you get, yeah. the easier it becomes. Yeah. One thing mm. I've been practicing with my intuition recently, and this has been really fun, and also I feel like getting me in the practice of just on everything, at least being able to hear the voice, is like when I want to go to a restaurant and order something, like get the food I actually want or intuitively feel. Yeah. And like when I'm trying to pick what shoes to wear in the morning, yeah. like go with my gut feeling on which shoes. And it's interesting because I've had like just the past couple days where I I think I wanted to go somewhere that I knew I wasn't going to need like boots. But I had this intuitive feeling that don't put on your flip-flops, put on boots. And then, you know, my thinking brain comes in. I'm like, why would you like wear boots right now? Like it's really hot and like (laughs) you're not going any place you need them. But I was like, my intuition said to put on the boots. So I'm putting on the boots. And I put them on and then I ended up like being out all day and going and doing this horse thing I didn't expect to do. Oh my gosh. And, and you I were totally prepared. And I was prepared. You were super prepared because you trusted your intuition. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And then the time I didn't trust my intuition the other day was <laughs> I was, I had to walk this one horse from an arena to like another arena and I like, I felt like, oh, I had set up kind of a good situation for it because this there's these two horses together and I'm trying to get another in their herd, but they have separation anxiety. So if I take one away, you know, I thought it was going to kind of make this chaotic scene. So Mm -hmm. I put my horse moon in with that other horse and then was going to walk the other, other horse (laughs) away. And it felt like a good situation in my head. But then like, as soon as I was going to put the halter on, I was like, 
uh, this actually, I don't think I should necessarily do this right now. I don't yeah. think it's gonna, yeah. or like my, I feel like it's not gonna work. I think right. it's gonna work, but I feel like it's not. And I did. And it totally did not work. And, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Like, it was fine. Um, It was just a little bit more chaos than I was expecting. But I felt it. Yeah. You know? Totally. But it is practice. It is practice. It's totally practice. And do you feel like being around horses, like, increases your awareness of your intuition? Yes. I think my intuition has been that I've practiced it maybe more than – than I would have for sure just mm-hmm. being around horses because it's such yeah. I try to listen to it as much as I can um but I think now just in the past few weeks getting even more I'm reading this uh this one story in the book women who run with wolves you know that book oh my gosh fantastic yes. yeah it's like one of the best books you guys should yes. all read you guys it. should all get it <laughs> it's so so good and there's the story about Baba Yaga which is the story about intuition. And part of it um, is the main character, the girl, has this doll. And this doll is her intuition and tells her which way to go, even when there's no logic to be found. And she has to keep feeding the doll because, um, you know, you have to feed the doll so the doll can keep working and doing these tasks for you and telling you which way to go. And the feeding of the doll in our real life is the feeding of intuition. So on little things, just constantly like being aware and choosing and going with your intuition so that you like, you're constantly feeding it and you're constantly becoming more aware. And I think it, I don't know, I value it so much. And and now I'm trying to like follow my intuition on everything. (laughs) I think part of that story too with like, for instance, the choosing what food you Mm want to eat that I kind of mentioned before. Mm. A lot of that too has to do with listening to your body. Yeah. You know, like a hundred percent. Yeah. Because everyone's so different. Everybody's so different. So something mm-hmm. you can research and you can feel, you know, what or you can think about what might be good for your body. But yeah. ultimately your body also has an intuition that will tell you what you need. Absolutely. And it's amazing like what can happen when you start tapping into that. Like I would say for me, it's been really an interesting journey just since I started practicing yoga and meditation and like becoming more aware of my needs and then going through that dance thing. And it's like, now I am like the ultimate self-care taker. Like it is all about what I need when I need it. And that's not to say that I'm rude or that I don't go with the flow because I do, but like, like I know now without a certainty of a doubt that I am responsible for me. And nobody yes. is responsible for making me happy. I am responsible for making me happy. And the thing that I've noticed too with like my yoga and meditation journey is that the more dialed into Lindsay that I am, the more dialed into my horses and their needs I am able to be and more dialed into other people that I'm with. Yes. And, and not just my own, but like truly like connecting on a community level. And like, it just like, I don't know. I feel like just like there's an awareness that blooms and, and once that awareness is there, you can't take it away. Yes. You know, it kind of like, it's almost like a domino effect. Like you start seeing it in more and more and more and more areas. And like, it's so funny because my husband is like a typical guy. And I think guys are kind of unfortunately culprits for this, but like he will not self care take of himself. And it like makes me so frustrated. Like we'll be out doing something and he'll be hungry, but he won't eat. And then like later he'll get a tummy ache. And I'm like, but you should have eaten. Like you're responsible for taking care of yourself, you know? And, and, and also like, 
that takes the pressure off of other people that were around and like constantly making them have to guess. And I think that's where maybe it translates into working with horses. Like if you're going to your horse to work with your horse and you're not clear on your intention and it doesn't mean you always have to go to your horse with like, okay, this is what we're going to do A, B, and C. But like being open to like knowing what your intent is. Yes. I love so many pieces of that. I'm like, (laughs) there's so many things I want to talk about. The... First of all, I think it is really interesting that I feel as women a lot too, we have been kind of conditioned to be so nice mm-hmm. that easy, easy, like, breezy, mm-hmm. beautiful cover girl, um, <laughs> that we're almost afraid of taking care of ourselves as if it means we don't care about others mm-hmm. when really the opposite is true. We can mm-hmm. only care for others if we care for ourselves yes. and taking what we need is a vital piece of that. And I think Mm -hmm. the start really is knowing what we need. Um, God, there's so many things you said. I'm like, (laughs) my mind is racing around because it was so good. Um, But yeah, with the horses, um, I'm having a brain (laughs) fart. Like there was something I like, oh man. I'm sorry. No, don't I be sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry. And also, it's don't like, be sorry. No, don't don't say sorry. Say yes. thank you for sending yes. me. Oh, that was yeah, something that else was I another learned. Thing. Yes, yes, yes. Let's thank talk you. about That's that. That's a really great quick. one. Let's talk about that. Saying thank you instead of saying sorry because yes, I was not actually sorry about that. <laughs> I meant to say thank you for understanding that my yeah. brain just farted. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true like it really is it's so true like it's so easy to fall into those traps and it's so easy to look life is hard and there's a lot going on and a million different things are pulling for our attention and so it's not always easy or convenient to like slow down and you know give ourselves the self-care that we need and I think because we are living in a very digital age like oftentimes we do come last And, and, you know, just like finding, you know, five minutes through your day, you know, when you first wake up or like right before bed or in the shower, even of like having conscious thoughts of like, okay, what do I want to achieve today? Or like giving yourself a mantra I find is like something that can help you like tap into that side of yourself of like, you know, make a mantra for yourself. It can be, I am healthy, strong, and beautiful. I think that's Claire's. Um, it could be, I'm not sorry. Actually, I was just having a conversation with my girlfriend the other day. So she's going to college to be a nurse. And she, like, messed up on turning one of her um, projects into the teachers. And it was with a group. And her group was all upset. But, you know, her group was like, no problem. Like, we'll get it resolved. And they did get it resolved. But this particular friend of mine was, like, really beating herself up over it. Even though, like, it had been resolved. Like, there was nothing for her to read about. It was like an oops in the beginning. But it was totally resolved. And she was, like, not able. I mean, she was just, like, in tears with me on the phone. And she's, like, what do I do? I can't stop thinking about it. I'm obsessing over it. And I'm, like, take a deep breath. I'm, like, how about you give yourself a mantra for this experience that you need to, like, take your mind off of it? And your mantra is, I, I apologize. Or I, I'm, I'm not upset with myself. What did I actually I forget what I told her now. But it was, like, really short. And it was, like, uh, oh, I I'm was, like, sorry. yeah, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I was, like, I was like you're not sorry. I was like, because you don't have anything to be sorry for. Gosh darn love that. Gosh darn love it. <laughs> I relate to that one a lot too. The, the, like not giving yourself forgiveness on things that mm. you would definitely forgive other people for. Yeah. Such an important one. Yeah. 
And actually going back to then like taking care of yourself, because I kind of remembered what I meant to say, (laughs) is the resentment that can end up building when Mm. we're not actually taking care of ourselves. Yes. Because we do expect our husband or our friend or our horse to To be able to read us. And if we're not taking care of ourselves and we're not putting ourselves first in that way, then resentment can end up building up. Mm. I love yeah. the this one idea that um, I think I've mentioned in the podcast before, and my my friend said it to me, and it stuck with me so much. And it's that anytime we feel resentment, it's a place that we haven't taken care of ourselves, mm. or it's a sign that we haven't taken care of ourselves. So yeah. either not asking for what we need, or not telling a friend that that what they were doing was bothering us. Yeah, absolutely. And with our horse, you know, if I think sometimes there's also this very like kind of like tough guy attitude around horses where if we're scared, for mm-hmm. instance, or we need a break, you push mm-hmm. through it and yeah. you keep going and you know, you end up pushing past your own breaking point and then an accident happens with your horse or you get so frustrated, you do something in training that you really regret later mm-hmm. when maybe what you really needed was you're getting super frustrated. I need to go out of the arena and I need to calm down and I need to go drink some water. Yeah. But, you know, at a barn, that might feel Mm -hmm. like a weak thing to do. Pressure. Or pressure to Mm -hmm. keep going. And and I I think that's how we get into a lot of not great situations. Agreed. Agreed. We don't need to have that pressure on ourselves. No. I think the best Mm -hmm. way to take the pressure off the horse and the best way to be compassionate towards horses is by giving that compassion to ourselves yes. and to understanding ourselves that if we need a break, we take a break. Yes. hundred percent. Oh my God, you're speaking <laughs> my language. I love this. Yeah. I like, it's so interesting because, um, I would say like maybe six years ago, I completely just threw everything about the equestrian world that I knew out the window um, because it wasn't working for me anymore. Like the structure, the the, the toughness, like yeah. all of that. Um, I just kind of threw it out the window because I just intuitively like felt like something needed to shift. Mm-hmm. You know, I think every single person who's listening to your podcast is listening because they love horses and they want to have a deeper connection with their horse. Yeah. And I think um, like being able to – I forget where I was going with that. But basically like I think – Totally lost my train of thought. Now that is good. Now we have both had brain farts, and Thank we're not you for sorry. Understanding. <laughs> See, we get to put it in practice. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, actually, how we do on time? That's kind of a perfect amount of time, and I really like what we've been talking about. And yeah, I think that we're gonna have to do another one on yoga because yeah. we didn't touch on it. But I think that's a good separate podcast anyway because this topic. I just think is really important. Like, I honestly feel like intuition is a cornerstone of my personal horsemanship. Same. Yeah. Same. And I really think I can tell, like, I know with you it is. And, and the more we cultivate it, I think the less fear we have to have. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. I think like, um, less fear and also like, it just gives us more confidence to move forward with our horsemanship in a way that feels good. 
and you can be proud of and you can like, you know, if you didn't get from here to here as fast as you wanted, like there's no more judgment. Like just stop judging the whole process. Stop judging the whole like thing. Like just, um, just let it be what it is and just be thankful for every breath you have with your pony. And yeah, I love that. The no judgment. That has been probably one of the biggest shifts Mm -hmm. of this these past few years for me is I always felt like I didn't have judgment for other people Mm -hmm. but there was judgment for me and really if we have judgment for ourselves we end up putting it out there because it's natural it's natural it's a part of you it's it's living and breathing inside of you and so it's going to manifest in your perceptions and in other people it is and anytime we can say that even if we made a mistake we don't have to be that sorry. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> we can be like genuinely sorry for a bit, a bit, and then we can, yeah, we can let it go and know that we're all human. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Is that we are all human, and as soon as we learn to forgive ourselves, like we we let go of that and make room for better things and make room for more space and more love. Yeah, so true, and it's hard. Self-forgiveness for me was like hard. One. Yeah, it doesn't but, happen overnight. No, <laughs> but it cultivates and then it's really beautiful. It's really great. Yeah, makes life better. It does. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much, Lindsay, for being on. Um, I love you. I love and you too, Lindsay. You're such a ray of sunshine. Everyone should go. They, everyone should really go and see Sun Nova's uh, transformation. Yeah. Because that Thanks, is Lindsay. an insane story and like beautiful photos. Thank you. Thank so you. if people do want to do that and they want to find yes. you, where can they find you? Thanks, Mosey. Um, so you guys can all find me um, on Instagram at goddess on horseback or Shakti Spirit um, is where I have a lot of like more updated stuff on Snova in particular. Um, but www.goddessonhorseback.com is my blog and there will be stories about Snova and her transformation and all our little journey and a whole bunch of other cool little resources that I'll let you go explore on your own. Awesome. And all of that will be in the show notes. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. And if you like if you like this episode and you feel like rating and reviewing and subscribing to get more, uh, you can do that on iTunes. And also, I'm pretty sure we're on Spotify now, although I heard that it was having issues, but I think I think that's being worked out. So... Hopefully Spotify by the time this one airs. It'll be up. And uh, then you can also find it on my website. More episodes. Um, Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. And I will see you next week.